Welcome to KC by Sari, a podcast for Kansas City enthusiasts. I'll take you behind the scenes and you'll learn why this Midwestern gem is so special. In today's episode, I talked to Lydia, Director of Sustainability and Strategic Analysis at Ripple Glass Recycling. Lydia's love for waste reduction and management dates back to her childhood. Here is Lydia to share why she loves trash so much and why you should too. Casey Masseri. Casey Masseri. If you want to know where to go and what is on trend, Casey Masseri. On the most basic level, can you give a brief overview of Ripple Glass Recycling, the mission, and how the operation works as a whole? Yeah, so we were founded in 2009 as a solution to the glass problem in Kansas City. So we lost our glass recycling options in the early 2000s, and the founders of Boulevard Brewing Company and a couple other community partners identified that we were putting thousands of glass bottles out into Kansas City without a good option to recycle them. So Ripple was founded and created both a collection network and a processing plant in Kansas City so that we could both get the bottles out of the community and get them on their way to their second life as other new products. Do you know what caused that stop in the initial recycling of glass? Yeah, so it was kind of a chicken in the egg kind of problem. There was no collection network in Kansas City as our major recyclers stopped taking glass and they partially stopped taking glass because there was no local processing option. So glass needs to go through a second step where it's cleaned, sized, and prepared for its next life. And the next nearest processing facility was super far away. And so it was kind of like a dual pronged problem where there was no collection. So there was no processing. There was no processing. So there was no collection. So Ripple decided to do both, to solve both of those problems at the same time Um, and founded Ripple in 2009 and built a collection network of over 100 drop-off bins around Kansas City to create options for local residents to drop off their glass. And at the same time, built a state-of-the-art processing facility to get that glass ready to go to our end markets for new containers and fiberglass insulation. And where does the glass go for their second life? Is Ripple heavily involved in that process as well? Or what does that process look like? Yeah. So when the glass comes into our processing facility, it's sorted by its color and size and ground down to the right specifications. And it goes to either our partners on the other side of state line in Kansas City, Kansas with Owens Corning for fiberglass insulation, or some of it has gone to container manufacturers such as Ardar Glass, who has made glass bottles for Boulevard Brewing Company. So it goes to primarily those two end markets. It's a, it's a true circular economy story. What is your role within Ripple? So I joined Ripple back in 2017, so I've been there for a minute now. And since we're a small organization, I've worn many hats. Right now, my current role is Director of Sustainability and Strategic Analysis. And that's a part of a larger organization that we were acquired by about a year and a half ago called Strategic Materials. And they are the largest glass recycler in North America. And they really admired what we've been doing in Kansas City and saw the opportunity to do more of it across the country. And so we joined their family and we keep rippling along in Kansas City, but with a great opportunity to make a bigger impact across the nation. I see on Ripple's Instagram, there are constantly a new edition of Ripple containers throughout 
the city and various businesses. What has that growth looked like over the last several years? Yeah, so when we got started, we had enormous community support um, and support by a couple different organizations. Bridging the Gap was really helpful, as well as the Mid-America Regional Council, Solid Waste Management District, and our financing partners to lift off our program initially when we started with like 40 to 60 locations. And over the years, we've built that up to now well over 100 locations. We've got a goal to have a recycling bin within five minutes of every resident in Kansas City. Um, we're getting closer and closer um, every year. We want to make it as easy and convenient for Kansas Cityans to recycle their glass as possible. Has waste reduction always been a passion of yours? Yeah, so I've got a little bit of an origin story, <laughs> if you'll bear with me. Sorry to give you the, the dish on it. So when I was little, my grandparents had a farm in southeast Kansas. And whenever we'd take a walk out into the pasture, we'd walk past the junk pile. So this is like a hundred-year-old farmhouse. So you've had multiple families over decades where any of their waste was dumped in this pile. So it instilled from a very young age in me, the fact that there was really no away, like everything has to go someplace. So I've always had a, a deep consciousness and awareness of the end of life of things, you know, whether it was a tin can, whether it was a Model T or a dishwasher, like everything that was on this farm um, stayed on this farm. And so as I moved through my professional life, I always kept that in mind. And it was always one of the as I call them, flavors of environmentalism that was most attractive to me because it tells such a story. It tells a story about what we value, what we don't, what we waste, what we reuse. And it tells the whole history of a, of a community, of a family, um, just in what we put in the trash. And so as I progressed through my educational career, I definitely kept in focus uh, waste and recycling. Um, so it's it's deep in me from my from my very farmer Kansas roots. And so when I've moved into working in Kansas City in the waste and recycling market, I really stay grounded in that history and that knowledge of there is no way. Everything has an end. Everything has a purpose, but it just doesn't disappear. We have to manage it. I'm sure then working for Ripple has been such a rewarding process for you as you've continued to grow your skills and, and your mindset with, with having that waste reduction always in the back of your mind. Yeah, we mentioned the circularity of glass, and it's a really unique material out there where it's infinitely recyclable, where there's no loss in purity and quality. And so you can really create that endless loop of using glass again and again, and it can make such an impact on the community. It's one of those materials, unlike some of those other things out there that we have packaged goods in, that really stays local. It's a heavy material, so it really doesn't move very far. It's not one of those things that we can bail up and ship to another place. It really stays within a community. So the impact that we make when we recycle glass in Kansas City stays local. And so it's super rewarding for me to have been with Ripple for the past, oh, six, coming on seven years um, and excited to see what we do in the next decade. What have you loved most about being part of Ripple? What are some other aspects that have been really rewarding for you? Yeah, so it was really rewarding to come to Ripple with that idea of making that direct community impact. 
um, with my background in solid waste in the industry, it's that route to make that engagement with the communities super tangible. But the thing that I'll say that I've loved most are the folks that work at Ripple from our processing side to our collection side of the business. Everyone who works at Ripple Glass genuinely loves and believes in what we do. And that makes coming to work every day so rewarding. And I've been very grateful to work with every single one of the folks that have come through Ripple's doors. How large is the team at Ripple? Yeah, so our Kansas City-based team is about 25 people. And then the broader strategic materials family, we have almost a thousand folks across North America. Yeah, it's super, it's super exciting to go from what we've done here um, to have the opportunity to interact with folks that are just as dedicated to our mission all across the country and beyond. Do you feel like there has really been an increase in not just glass recycle specifically, but living that greener life, more environmentally conscious life over the last decade, not just in Kansas City, but on a national level as well? Yeah, I think there's a greater awareness. And I thought that during the last three years, in particular, during the pandemic, I'm sure you can make a guess that our purple bins were a very popular destination. Um, as folks were working from home and spending all of their time at home, it really brought into focus for a lot of folks um, the waste that they generate within their household. And having glass recycling as a thing that you could go do and you could take that action as an individual and you could go hear that clank of that glass in the bin. I mean, it's instantly rewarding. You know that that bottle that you're throwing in our purple bins can be made into one new glass bottle. And every bottle counts because each individual bottle that's recycled, one glass bottle can save enough energy to power a light bulb, a hundred watt light bulb for four hours. So it's one of those things that folks can really latch on to and know that they're making a difference and know that that directly impacts our quality of life in Kansas City. And I think in general, just with the increased awareness um, about the challenges you know, around us, people are looking for those opportunities to make that impact. And I think Ripple Glass and our recycling options provide a really great pathway to do so. There's a cathartic feeling when, when you do it. It is so cathartic. We love the sound. It's almost like a waterfall-like sound when you kind of hear it like drop into the bin and you know that glass is joining all of your neighbor's glass and making a difference. There's like that community feeling. And also sometimes you just need to chuck that glass in a bin. <laughs> you know, it's the best stress relief that you can get to Kansas City. Yeah, and it's it's super cool because you can go on our website and watch a video that takes you through the entire process of how we recycled that glass. And there's not a whole lot of other things that you can really engage with on that level and know exactly what you did with that drop off of glass, where it's going, what it's going to, and know the entire process and know that it's staying in Kansas City. And we don't have any judgment on how frequently you go to a bin or what is in the bin that you're dropping off. It is a judgment-free zone for us. You know, we welcome all kinds of recyclers. And I know that I've been guilty myself to uh, get to the point where it's like, all right, we got we to gotta take this out. This is a good honeydew. Um, but we try to also make sure that we locate our big purple bins in places that are convenient and that you can pair another trip to. We try to be super conscious about making sure that those locations connect with your 
other errands that you've got to do. So you're not trying to make a separate trip out of the way. You know, you just have to remember to toss your glass in the back so that when you're going to go buy some more glass, you know, whether it's time to get salsa for the Super Bowl or some other tasty beverages to enjoy, um, that you can make that connection to where you're going to buy glass and bring that home, that you can bring in the products that you've already used to be recycled. We really try our best to make it as convenient as possible. What are some challenges you've faced within your industry? So the biggest challenge for us is fighting our biggest competitor, which is the landfill. Fighting the convenience of putting everything all in one trash bag, one bucket, what have you. We know it's the easiest thing to do. So our job is to spread the word about the importance of glass recycling, the benefits of glass recycling, and how important it is, not just for the environment, but for our Kansas City community and our Kansas City economy. So that's always been the biggest challenge in recycling, is we acknowledge that it takes a little bit of extra effort and it takes a little bit extra thought. And we rely on folks wanting to do the best thing for their community to get what we bring in the door to be able to recycle. If we didn't have such great recyclers in Kansas City, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in a job. So we really rely on every household, every family, every individual who cares and takes that little extra time to do a little extra sorting for, for me to be here, for anybody in this industry to be here. Um, so that's been the persistent challenge for all recyclers, you know, no matter what community that you're in is making sure that we are telling the story of the work that we do um, and the jobs that we support and the benefit that we can do for our environment and the work that we do. What advice would you give to people who are currently not recycling glass or maybe are not as familiar with Ripple and the overall process? But I'd say it's a lot easier than you think. You don't have to do it in any certain way. Whatever you want to chuck something in glass in, to be able to bring it to a bin, it works. There's no right or wrong to it. You don't have to rinse out your jars. You don't have to take off the labels. You don't have to worry about caps. We've got all the technology to deal with that. All it is is just pulling that out from your normal trash bin and setting it aside. And it's super easy to find a location to recycle your glass. You just visit us at rippleglass.com and you can punch in your zip code, punch in the number of miles you want to go, and we'll give you all of the closest bin locations. And you can kind of plan, you know, hey, so this is on the way to work, or is this a grocery store that I visit, but I just really haven't noticed that this is there. Um, so it's just taking a couple extra seconds. And a lot of folks are surprised when they start paying attention to their products in glass. How much is packaged in glass? You know, a lot of folks say, well, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Boulevard beer drinker. I'm not a beer drinker, so I don't have any glass. I said, well, do you like, do you like salsa? Do you guys have some pickles? What about marinara? <laughs> there are a lot of things that are packaged in glass when you start paying attention um, that you wouldn't think about. And just kind of having that little area in your kitchen, in your garage, where you say, this is where I'm going to chuck it. Um, go into our website so you know where you're going to take it. It really doesn't take that time at all. And it makes such a big impact. Oh, yeah, and it's super, it's super interesting too. This may be a little nerdy for you, but a lot of the products that are packaged in glass, they choose glass because it's a completely inert packaging material. So like your salsas and your marineros that are like tomato based, 
they're super high in acids. And so if you package them in other materials like plastic, those acids can react with the packaging and affect the flavor and the taste. And so a lot of manufacturers of food products that they really care about choose glass because it is the only package that has the unique benefits of not interacting with what you put in it to interfere with its flavor and taste. I didn't know when I first started recycling glass that you didn't have to wash out the containers or take off the labels or take off the lids. I would spend so much time meticulously cleaning the jars, especially if it were a sauce. You know, sometimes the rim of pasta sauce or even salsas can get kind of gunky. And I would soak my jars in boiling hot water, do this whole thing. And I don't think it was really until I was just dabbling on Ripple's Instagram. It's such a relief to know it really is that easy, like to your point of just spreading that awareness. Yeah. And it's unique and not all materials have that specifications. You know, I would direct everybody to their local solid waste folks and the other educational materials are out there. Not everything's got that same kind of tolerance. But we really designed our processing facilities to have those delabelers, to have those magnets, to make it easy for y'all if that you still have a lime in the bottle, it you don't have to worry about getting it out of there. You don't have to worry about rinsing out that olive oil bottle when you get to the very end because goodness knows, I don't think I could get one of those suckers clean if I tried. And some of those little rims around their glass bottles are impossible to get off. But we've got all of the equipment to take care of that. So all we need from our recyclers is just to take that effort to separate it out and keep it out of the landfill. Don't let it, don't let it die there. Don't let it die. Other than glass, in your personal life, how do you reduce your waste on day to day? Yeah, so I'm also a really big composter. Um, so I alluded to that early awareness about having no end of life on things. Um, I'm also a really avid gardener. And the first job that I had right out of college was actually on a farm. And after studying all of these waste reduction techniques and recycling programs, I went to work at a farm and really keyed into the importance of soil health and made that connection between the waste that we can generate in our kitchens and how it can be turned into a resource for our soil and growing new food. So that is one of my, between my very full recycling bin, between my compost bin, my glass bin, I really do a pretty dang good job at keeping most things out of the, you know, trash bin. Those are the really big things. If you really hit those, you know, normal single stream recycling things that you can recycle at the curb, if you're taking care of your glass, and if you start thinking about your food waste, you've taken away most of what would normally go in your trash bin. And there are so many different things that you can do. And it doesn't all have to do with waste reduction. You think about the different things in your life that make an impact on our community and you do what you can. I'm not a perfect environmentalist. I don't do it all right, but I try to do the things that impact the people around me and that increase the benefits for my community the most that I can. I know we've all got, we've all got busy lives and it's really hard to balance everything. And when you start looking at the full list of what you can do to be green, it can be super overwhelming. Um, so I always encourage folks to start with what's, what's easy and what works for them and what makes them feel good. 
you're not going to be able to do it all. You're not going to be able to do it right. But just small acts of consciousness and connection to the community make a huge difference. That's why I think glass is such a great option um, because we try to make it so easy and it's so satisfying. It has that circular economy benefit in Kansas City. So it's a great entree into doing something good and something green that's got that little extra stress relief benefit to it. But there's so many great options and I just encourage folks to do what fits with their life and their lifestyle and their family and to not feel cruddy if you can't do it all. Casey by Sari is brought to you by Tap Into It Fitness. Justine Tap won Best Personal Trainer in Casey Magazine's Best of 2023. Justine offers a variety of training so you can find what works best for you. I've taken classes with Justine and I can attest to her amazing ability to motivate and support you in your fitness journey. Now is the perfect time to start thinking about your goals and Justine can help you reach them. For podcast listeners, your first session is free when mentioning Casey by Sari. For more information, visit www.tapintoitfitness.com and schedule your first session. Now back to the episode. What are some other hobbies of yours? What do you do when you're not working? Yeah, so I'm an avid gardener. Um, I did not let that one go after working on that farm that summer. And so I, year over year, uh, grow some of my own produce hopefully with enough to share with my neighbors and my friends. I like to also support the local growers um, in Kansas City and go to farmer's markets when I can. I think it's such an essential part of the fabric of the future of Kansas City and such an opportunity for folks that it's really, it's at my heart. I love being a grower myself. And I love supporting other growers. Um, since I was a part of the Growing Growers program, which is a fantastic organization um, that connected me with that apprenticeship right out of college. That's a partnership between extension agencies from K-State, Lincoln, MU, other nonprofit organizations in Kansas City like Cultivate KC, the Kansas Rural Center, Kansas Healthy Kids, the Farm School at Gibbs Road. So it's a great collaboration between a lot of organizations that kind of kicked me off on that path. So even though I'm not a full-scale farmer, I'm just a backyard little gardener, it really is a super satisfying way for me to connect with my place and be able to create tasty things for me to eat that I can share with my neighbors and my family and connects me with the other growers in Kansas City that are growing the same peppers and the same tomatoes at the same time and feeling the same things. Certain produce can be a little more temperamental than others. So do you find that any are your favorite in particular? So I got to give all my credit to my dad. He was the OG gardener in my family. So he gave me that green thumb, but I love growing tomatoes. That is one of the things that I will be an absolute snob about that if I'm not growing that tomato myself or buying it from one of the farmers at one of our local markets, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I will I will pair that with the basil that I grew or that I got from one of those other farmers. Um, and that is the the greatest joy of summer for me. What are some of your favorite Kansas City businesses to support? So I'm a Brooksider. So I'm a little bit Brookside biased in that I would go to Heirloom Bakery every day if I could. <laughs> um, and then I would probably buy all of the goodies from the Stuff Sisters at a store named Stuff. Every time I went in there, I'm kind of on restriction. I don't need to go get any more stuff. We love our vendors in, in Brookside. Um, 
and I will go to Earl's premiere anytime that I can get a table. And so I love supporting our Brookside community um, as a part of the broader community in Kansas City. Yeah, Brookside is so great in particular that I think does a really good job of spreading awareness of supporting local. I think businesses within Brookside have a really strong sense of community of supporting each other. I just think it's one of the more unique areas of Kansas City. Yeah, it's fantastic when I am a KCUR listener and every year during the pledge drive, Sloan and Casey, the Stuff Sisters, are the closers on the KCUR pledge drive. And it just makes me so happy that there's that connection between local women business owners and the public radio station that does so much for Kansas City. And those those kind of connections run deep. And I'm super appreciative of that. And I'd like to be able to support those businesses that in turn support important sources of information um, and joy in our community. If there was anything you could change about Kansas City, what would that be? So it's been a real joy in the last decade or so to see Kansas City as a city on the rise. And over the last year or so, we've certainly taken that to brand new heights. What I'd like to see for Kansas City is to make sure that we don't leave anyone behind. I'd like to see us continue to invest in affordable housing options. I'd like to see us continue to invest in services and resources for those that are undergoing houselessness and for those that are facing other barriers in life. You know, we've got a robust and growing city in Kansas City, and it would just be a shame for us to leave anybody behind in the coming years as we continue on our really amazing and fantastic trajectory upwards. So much change happening I just hope it's not happening too fast. I want us to continue to succeed as a city and not get ahead of ourselves in the process of development. Yeah, and I think that we've got leadership that's very conscious of that, and I hope that continues to be the case. And growth always comes with some displacement, you know, and we've got to be, we have to continue to be conscious of that um, and that we are only as strong as we are as an entire community. What is something that listeners would be surprised to learn about you? Yeah, I think I already rolled that one out a little bit with a composting secret. So I am super passionate about that. And I also sit on the board of Casey Can Compost. I know that you had a great conversation with our growth manager, Hayden. They do an amazing job. And I was super excited to listen to that conversation. But my nerdiness in compost knows no bounds. I have a microscope that I look at my compost underneath the microscope to look at its bacterial and fungal health. And so my my super secret is the fact that I really am that nerdy about trash. So I whether it's in the form of food waste or glass, I am super passionate about both materials and their impact in Kansas City. And I will dig all the way to the bottom of the trash can uh, to pull either one of them out. <laughs> What do you do to really keep up with, I don't want to call them trends, but evolution and ever-growing waste reduction? Yeah, I'm very lucky to be very well supported um, by my employer and their support of my continuing education. You would be totally blown away at the size of conferences centered around just trash and waste and recycling. And I've been very blessed to be able to attend those on a regular basis 
There's great resources that have moved online. There are regional and local recycling associations that put on annual conferences where they bring in really great resources for folks to learn more about what's going on in our local communities and also across the nation. So I try to stay in the loop with what's going on in all different aspects of waste management. It's all an integrated system. If you think about, you know, the trash being just generally one big bin, when you pull one thing out, it impacts another. And so everything is connected. And so I like to stay engaged with our local recycling organizations. We've got the Kansas Organization of Recyclers and the Missouri Organization of Recyclers. Those are two great organizations that have done fantastic work over the last couple decades in bringing in great resources for education for our local community. And then there's the broader national organizations that are real leaders um, in communicating the latest technology, the latest trends, sharing what's going on either either coast as that kind of migrates our direction. And for a lot of things, it's just continuing to engage with folks in the industry and community, just staying in touch with folks um, in your basic networking, asking what's going on in your community and what are your challenges. In your career, what are some of your professional goals? That's a great question. And I would say my North Star has always been to do good work that makes a positive impact on my environment and my community. I think about sustainability as all three legs of that stool as being both the people, the planet, um, our partners in our economy. Um, so doing things that benefit my neighbors, benefit my larger metropolitan region. And that's why I really love working in glass um, because it is a circular economy that does have such a big impact on our regional economy. And I think compost is fabulous as well because it has such those those direct connections literally to our soil, to our ground, and that it stays in Kansas City. So my goals are to begin to continue to work in these industries that have both that broader environmental impact. We know that we're doing good on a global scale, but that can really benefit folks' lives here locally. Is there anything newsworthy that Ripple has going on currently? Yes. Yeah, so the most exciting thing, besides our social media, I've got to give props to our social media manager, Morgan Henderson, who is currently kicking out the best content in glass. If y'all do not follow us on the Instagram, the Facebooks, the TikToks, whatever y'all are on these days, <laughs> please do, because she is doing an excellent job. You will not find funnier glass memes in the entire world right now. In addition to that, we are now rolling out a purple bin program in St. Louis. So the gateway to glass is here. We are moving in on the other side of the state for those folks that reside in St. Louis. And we're also expanding our program in Atlanta. So the real exciting thing that's happened in this last year and a half uh, with us joining the broader strategic family is being able to really make those ripples across the whole country. And by rolling out our program in the great state of Georgia and hopping across to the other side of the state, we know that we are exponentially increasing our impact to be able to keep more and more glass out of the trash. 
those are those are the big those are the big headlines is that it's not just Kansas City now it is now St. Louis and Atlanta can join the Ripple Glass Recycling Party. How did Ripple choose St. Louis and Atlanta specifically to be part of the Ripple family? So St. Louis has been one we've been working on for a long time because we couldn't leave our good folks on the other side of the state out. And the folks in Atlanta really were in a very similar situation to where we were in Kansas City before Ripple started. So we wanted to provide them with other options or at least an option to be able to recycle their glass. It's not often that we get to start to export things outside of Kansas City and be cool. But in this case, we definitely are. And it really it is a testament to all of the folks that have been a part of the Ripple family over the years and what we've built. Um, And we're really privileged to be able to take it into the next chapter. So where can everyone follow Ripple on social media? What are the social media handles? First off, the website is just rippleglass.com at rippleglass on Facebook, rippleglasskc on Instagram, and at rippleglass on TikTok as well. Lydia, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on. I have loved hearing about your professional journey as well as your love for compost. So I'm excited to see where Ripple continues to grow, spreading their message, and look forward to the next time that I have that sense of cathartic, the cathartic feeling of recycling my own glass. When you shatter your glass, think of us, and we sincerely appreciate you being one of our Ripple recyclers. Be sure to follow Ripple on social media and locate a purple bin nearest you to recycle your glass. Casey by Sari comes out every Thursday. So be sure to subscribe to hear more behind the scenes stories on Kansas City. For more Casey content and podcast updates, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Casey by Sari. See you next week.